Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing, 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 Why are you so cheery when you know very well that just like an hour prior to this, we discovered that I had COVID and you're in here celebrating. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to keep the moon light and frothy oh. and fun. That's my job. It's true. In the gloomiest of circumstances and whatever gloomy situation you currently are in, Lisa, I'm bringing some light and fun. That's yeah. why we're not going to discuss it anymore no. that you got a positive test. Everything's fine. Everything's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, all things considered. We're one of the. And we're, we're just, just lucky. And we're isolating and just moving ahead, aren't we? Correct, exactly. And we're sending lots of love. And also, sorry for the delay on this episode. My name is James. I'm here with Claire. We have another podcast called Suggestible, but this is a spin off called Suggestible, the city <laughs> where we talk about every episode and just like that. The Sex in the City new TV series that I am bloody loving. I got a text from my friend Laura, who's watching along, and just said, I loved the last episode and I did too, even though there are a lot of haters out there. We're talking about love. Who's hating on this? Who's oh, out there hating? So many. I follow the wonderful Clementine Ford and she is hating it, let me tell you. <laughs> and I feel personally attacked. <laughs> yeah, this show I respect that you, her, but anyway. <laughs> the show that you have nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what does what is it called? Uh, episode six, it's called Diwali. <laughs> no, it has very little to do with like Diwali, but it's probably a metaphor, well, isn't it? Well, interesting you right? would say that, right? Because I've been listening to my favourite podcast by Michael Patrick King. Just to clarify, I know that it's more of a metaphor for other things in the episode than just like strictly a Diwali something something, correct? Okay, yes. Well, let me explain. So I'm going to butcher this, but the Diwali Festival mm-hmm. um, is a celebration of light triumphing over darkness. Oh, like um, Star In the Wars. Hindu faith, correct. The writer Rechna Frashbaum, who is a Southeast Asian woman, she talks about Diwali as being like Indian Christmas. Yeah, and yeah. I remember researching this when I was teaching little people and we went really deep into this holiday and it just seems magical and beautiful. And the idea of light triumphing over darkness and inner strength and all that stuff and it's just such a beautiful metaphor and a festival for moving on. Now, Michael Patrick King actually says one of the reasons they brought this in as well was because he experienced Diwali a few years ago and was so touched by the experience oh. of having a special bracelet tied around his wrist to signify his strength by a new friend that he just met that he wanted to kind of explore that idea of still understanding and learning and experiencing new things into your 50s. So I like the idea of that. Yeah, yeah I like that too. And so you'll see in this whole episode, James, yeah. uh, that there's a lot of light 
played out in different scenarios, in different scenes. That's true because like a lot of television shows, but I think strictly uh, and just like that, each scene is lit with lighting. (laughs) And it might be like external lights, like the sun, for example, or it might be like internal lights, either the lighting from a house or a physical structure Mm. or lighting that we don't see, which is more like stage lighting, which adds to the illusion of that we're, we're actually experiencing real events when in fact this entire show is... Scripted, is that correct? <laughs> You're correct. You've understood. I'm still sharp. I'm still, still sharp, sharp with COVID. He's still got it. He's still got it, guys. So, all right. Bear, with that in mind, where do you want to start? Because I know you love a, a list. Oh, my God. Where my, are you starting? I want to start. Uh, big shout out to my boys over at 1-800-MATTRESS who got, <laughs> who got a special <laughs> shout out. Uh, the sponsor of the week, this week's episode was Correct. 1-800-MATTRESS. Correct. Uh, I've never heard of them, but I'm like, that's real, right? That's, and it, of course, of course it's real because Carrie, of course, she's got a brand new apartment. Mm-hmm. I love that weird blue screen room that she's in. That was awful. <laughs> and, like it's made even like the more awful by the fact that none of that backdrop is clearly real. Yeah, it's so you know? interesting Terrible. you say that because I didn't really notice that, but obviously you, TV guru man, did. Yeah. And then I know that it definitely wasn't real because they were looking for an apartment that did that. They wanted an apartment that was like super stark and modern and bright and so full of light and overlooking the river and it just does not exist in yeah. New York. So they actually got it made especially for you the show. You can tell. It looks like an Apple showroom. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it doesn't look like a real place, which I guess is kind of the point because she's like struggling with well, – she stayed in her old apartment from when she was 25 to 55. Well, not really because she was out with – Big for like 10 of those years. 15 years actually, James. 15 years, thank you very much. If you want to be correct with that. And so immediately like it's supposed to be off-putting and alien and bizarre and stark and anonymous beeping. I wanted to bring that up with you actually because I feel like as we're getting older, our life is just consumed by anonymous beeping these days. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Everything we own now. Beeps I, I sound you. like such a boomer. Everything's beeping at me, but it's it's, no, it's so true. annoying. It's, it's so fucking annoying. I know. And I actually was reflecting on this, and I think that's why they included it in there because I think Michael Patrick King actually recorded that sound and sent it to the guy who does the soundscape for the show to get the exact sound. Yeah. Because it is everyone that at the moment, and I feel like I was thinking about this the other day. I think it's because we're in this weird period, and maybe people listening in the future will agree with me, where before technology is so good that it can talk to us and and kind of, and I know Siri exists and stuff, but I feel like we're in a weird period where it's not, the fridge isn't just able to close itself. Yeah, here's the so thing, you're though. in like, you've got this weird bit of technology where they're like, well, I know what they'll do. Instead of it closing itself, we'll just beep it at you. Until it's a hinge. It. Like doors can do it. There's no way that that's not a function they can build into the fridge. And the other thing is our car does it constantly. Our car, our stupid car does this thing where oh, so if it just beeps, it's seemingly at random. Sometimes if you get out of the car after you've turned the engine off too quickly, it will tell you, oh, the key has exited the vehicle. And it's like, yeah, because I got out of the car. And so you can't get the kids out of the car because the doors are, are locked. So you've got to get back in the car, start the car up again, turn the car off, then get out of the car again. Anyway, again, this is me going full boomer. I hate our car, Claire. I know. My I, I want to get it because, okay, I got it during a pandemic. We when, needed it because it was I like know, a But week I was like, before... that, this is something I don't think people should do if unless they really have to. Make decisions when they're eight and a half months pregnant during a lockdown in a pandemic. Well, because we... I decided I wanted all the features. Yeah. And so I got every single feature. And I think that is what Kerry has done yeah. in this episode. She's gone, I know what I want. 
I don't want something that reminds me of my old life. I need to move forward. I need to get out of here. And so I'm going to go with the thing that is the most shiny and yep. modern and safe looking and different to where I had where I was before. Yes. Which turns out, spoiler alert, to be a big mistake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I th- but I think that was an intentional thing where they thought oh, definitely, yeah. she's trying. And and the art style where she's wearing that big floppy hat with the big purple on it yeah. and that light that lamp. She Sarah Jessica Parker chose that yellow lamp as yeah, well. Yeah, because I'm like, what's the significance of this lamp? This is a lamp that's this is an old <laughs> lamp from an old episode of the show. It's not it's it's some kind of famous artist who's created that lamp. There's it, like it's an iconic type of lamp from a is particular it? era. I feel like the eighties maybe, something like that. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, I I, I, anyway, I wasn't think... very impressed by the lamp either, let me just tell you that much. All <laughs> that hats. That whole room is a lot of bad vibes going on. I know when she's sitting there all alone and it pans mm. out and then the beeping happening. And I think what else is clever about that is that, you know, everyone has a partner. Well not everyone has a partner, but if you had a partner, you could turn to that partner and say where the fuck is that beating can yeah. come from? Which is what we do about our car, right? But it but it kind of shows how alone Kerry is. Yeah. That she doesn't have anyone. Uh, it's also interesting that she's in a point where in a in her life, and she was never going to stay in that place. It was, it was obvious where she's just like, I'm just going to sell it. Like just like, oh, who cares? I just bought this segment. I'm just going to sell it. Probably at a loss. I don't care. You know, right? Because she has that much money. I know yeah. it's so interesting, isn't I, it? I do wonder whether it is the end of the money troubles for her though, because. Did they ever resolve that anything else going on with the that woman that Big knew in the no, will? No, they just, didn't. That just seemed to lead back to Big's ex-wife. And I guess that's done? I know. Isn't it interesting? I heard more than one person, because I've listened to multiple podcasts on this, say the same thing that we said, predict that there was going to be all these problems with Big's finances. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like maybe that was a, a red herring. Because mm. I feel like maybe it has just resolved. Perhaps. I thought we were going to be led into like a whole thing about Big being a really bad guy. I mean, in real life, the actor, yes, Chris Noss. I do want to talk about his lack yeah, of reappearance, well, we, though. Should, well, should we, we talk about it now? Yeah. yeah. So basically uh, he was set to, this is via TV line, He was Chris Noth was set to appear in the finale, uh, spoilers, so this was going to be the scene. So Carrie Ventures to a well-known pedestrian overpass bridge to scatter Big's ashes into the river. The sequence was slated to include a fantasy element in which Big, who was killed off in just like that season premiere, appears to carry, but the footage was considered not integral, so it was removed. HBO Max, though, has declined to comment, which are... Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's not surprising at all that they filmed like a little goodbye kind of thing. No, it's not and it's also all. not surprising that they're also not no, including removing it. removing it. I know. Yeah. It's interesting. It doesn't I, sound that integral though anyway, to be honest. No, it doesn't. And I do think they, I think from the outside it feels like they've done quite a good job of handling what's happened with the allegations against Chris Noss, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. Also, they yeah. must be like over the moon that they managed to kill him off. Yeah. Like, my God, they can, they can avoid this just and also it ha- it came out after the first episode aired yeah. because I think if it had come everyone out- got the big like oh no he's dead mm. and then it was like and now it's come and out now, yeah which is kind of weird isn't it it's like we kill off the main character of big and also now sort of cancel Chris Noss. what a <laughs> so combination he's died twice it's a twofer yeah good good goodness gracious yeah so anyway that's some news that's come out this week I also 
found it really interesting in this that Cynthia Nixon directed the she entire did, that's episode. right, yeah. Yeah, and I think she's done some plays, like directed quite a lot of plays before. All right, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, so she has had some directing chops in the past, but this is her first um, time actually directing, obviously, something of this scale and, an, and yeah. a whole episode. And initially the episode was supposed to be light on for Miranda, which is why they chose this one for her, Diwali. But then it turns out to be a big episode for her even though she's not in it a huge amount. No. Yeah. What it, My favourite scene and the scene I think they started with was that kind of pivotal scene where the three of them are on the picnic table. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was it was great. First of all, they're, they're, she's really stepping on her drinking. So that's uh, she's replaced it with uh, masturbation, which is, you know. Yes. And you wh- called that. You said it's really hard, didn't you, in TV shows when they sort of set down someone in stone as being an alcoholic. Yeah. Because then that carries through. You've got to bring it up every time that anything. And in a show like this, they're constantly drinking. But they might get to the point where it's like, I've conquered my alcohol addiction or whatever. I don't know. I'm yeah. In a whereas place. you I don't know. S- yeah, it's interesting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I did um I did enjoy Charlotte's reaction though. She's like I also thought that was fair because she's like I don't want Miranda's like I don't oh, by the way we're talking about how she uh, had an affair with with Shay and Steve my boy Steve who hasn't He's been completely ignored <laughs> again. He's been totally he does so not We're getting we're getting a big Steve moment. I hope we are because they've literally like he was not in this episode. I want to he... see this confrontation. I I need to see it. Yeah, I hope they do it because really, they've really just like laid him to yeah. to by the wayside and barely mentioned him. Well, they don't even say, what's interesting about this is I, I think you say it was an affair. Charlotte is saying, yeah, it's an affair to yeah, Miranda. it is an affair. Kerry, it is. Kerry hasn't come out and said that directly to her and I think what's interesting is Charlotte is the voice of maybe the audience being like what you're doing is an affair. Yeah. And then Miranda's not quite seeing it that way yeah. yet because maybe she's thinking about it in in terms of exploring her sexuality yeah. and coming out of I her shell. I think she will because she'll have to confront it Correct. one way or another. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's quite interesting about it, isn't it, that that Charlotte is the one that has that calls mm. her out on this and he's very firm yeah. about that. And I think what else is really interesting is that at the same time as that storyline's happening, Charlotte is coping with her daughter, um, yeah. Rock, who is changing their identity yeah. and she's finding that really challenging and difficult and she says that really pinnacle line at the end of that whole confrontation. Well, there's lots of people. Yeah. Why can't one of people them stay the same? The same or whatever. Yeah. I also thought it was really unfair how Miranda was like, now I don't want you to react to this. And it's like, you can't 
do that to somebody. Do you know what I mean? You can't anticipate that they're going to react in a way that you don't like and then be like, I'm going to tell you this thing, but don't do that thing that I'm pretty confident and you and that you're going to do. You know, yeah. I don't think that's fair to exactly. put on a person. Especially not those kind of friends that you that they are so honest and share their lives. And Steve is obviously a good friend of theirs. Because he's a good person and has been for the whole show. Yeah. And if Steve's in your friendship group, like, what are you doing to Steve, your boy Steve? Steve also had an affair, though, to be to be fair. Yeah, I guess that I is did, true. <laughs> I did enjoy Charlotte's line was like, you're not progressive enough for this. Like, you can't yeah. handle this. Which I think is more like, again, a reflection on herself of like, oh, I'm not progressive enough to deal with my at-home situation. Correct. But then I, I think the best part of the scene, and you hinted at that, was when they go to, to separate at the end and mm. Carrie like intervenes. Correct, exactly. And I, what I thought was interesting, one was that Miranda's leg goes to sleep because they're sitting on a park bench. Everyone yeah. knows they're so uncomfortable. And as you get older, <laughs> you just can't sit on them for that long. Anyway, so that whole scene is very believable when she kind of gets up, her legs asleep, and then she tries to leave and Carrie asks her to basically, we've lost Samantha. Hashtag. Yeah. Here we go. I got that some speculation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now we've lost big. I can't lose you too. Yeah. And the way she comes back, I thought that was really beautifully done as well and poignant. And I think also the way Carrie sits there and she says, she basically says, Big's gone. Yeah. And I don't know what this is, but this isn't as monumental. Yeah. As she's that. like, who cares? This is not important. We can't, like, can we not yeah. let this. You know, exactly. our group is already like splintered. Correct, exactly. Yeah. And what I also thought was interesting and such great writing was Carrie's line after Charlotte says that thing about why can't people just stay the same, Carrie says some people don't have that luxury. Yeah. And I think that is that is such a great line on multiple angles because it speaks to Carrie can't stay who she was because Big's dead. Yeah. So she has to move on. But also there are people like Shay, like Rock, who are identifying as non-binary mm. or coming out in in all different ways with their sexuality or in, you know, a myriad of different ways and they don't, they can't just sort of stay in a box yeah. or stay the way they were because, and even Miranda, I guess, you know, she's clearly going through something. She's clearly miserable. The only yeah. way she can try and find some happiness is to change. Yeah, these things aren't yeah. like... Static. Or like I, I... Yeah, you're right. You don't have the luxury of, of staying because you can't because it's like physically... Emotionally not possible. And damaging, yeah. 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 Like for for Miranda, it's coming out in alcoholism, obviously. And you you see that all the time for people who um, identify as non-binary or transgender. Or people who are unhappy, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's killing you either way. Mm. So you have to change because... To stay is also a choice that is killing you. Yeah. So even if the choice is to change and it's harder, and I find that really interesting as we get older, I think you can sometimes meet those people who do need to grow and change and get out of their status quo but can't for whatever reason mm. and are totally miserable and it's kill, it, it kind of kills them. Happened to Anakin Skywalker when he became Darth Vader. Luke was like, listen, I'm sensing good in you. <laughs> I reckon me and you could overthrow the emperor together. It's going to be sick. I'll fuck. I'll do a flip, and you just fucking cut him in half. Darth Vader's <laughs> like, I've been doing this shit for like thirty years. I can't be doing no flips and kicking <laughs> no emperors. All right, but he does in the end because he knows it's who he is, and it's for the good of the galaxy. You know, yeah, yeah. he's still a terrible bloke. I want to. I want to. I just want to <laughs> emphasize that. That's a little reward for the people who listen to this, <laughs> who don't like Sex in the City. Anyway, let's lighten things up a little. And All by right. that I mean tighten things up a little because it's facelift time, Claire. Ah. 
They visit. I'm still, he's still got it. He's got COVID, but he's on fire. He's on fire. He's on fire. Literally, he's, he's burning up over here. No, actually, I don't have a fever. I feel pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, they go and visit Jonathan Groff, who people might know from Frozen, who yes. they might know from Hamilton, who they might know from Mindhunter. I'm a big fan. He's a big yes. song and dance fella. La, 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 la. I'm trying to sing exactly. that song that he's the king. Yeah, we, we, all, we all got it. Um, also, side note, Cynthia Nixon asked for him. Did she? And he said yes. That is the power. Is this his only role in this, I assume? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and she asked. Imagine being that, like, level of echelon of person yeah. that you're like, I know who I want. What's his name? Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff, and you just get him. He was in The Matrix Boom. recently. Yeah, it's, it's so great. Isn't that interesting? Because, like... Not to say you could have given it to anybody, but you, you know you could have given it to anybody, really. I guess, but just yeah. go, yeah, let's get this dude, you know? Yeah, and this and, uh, minor but, role, you know? Correct, but I think what's interesting about it too is he's so gorgeous. This yeah, guy, right, and charismatic and gorgeous. And as the writer said on and just like that, Sarah Jessica Parker is a real person. That's yeah. her real face. Yes. And so oh, so we should explain the yeah, setup we should. for the scene. Explain I guess, the scene because yeah. you love a bit of talk of all of this. Oh my god, I'm a big fan. You, you follow the Instagram accounts. You I got no, I got one guy. There's one guy I follow. He's I, I can't remember his name. I have to oh bring god. it up. He's I, if I have to see another before and after photo, the work of this that he guy, does is incredible. Guys, one day you're going to see James. His face is going to be tight. No, no, tight, tight. You won't and even, you'll be like. He's had the you won't he's even had know thing. because he's so subtle in his in his work. But you will know because <laughs> you will look not as old as death. <laughs> anyway, true. anyway, uh, so basically, Anthony and um, they broke up. What were their names? Stanford. Stanford. Yes, who obviously he was written out of the show because he was sick and then died in real life, which You're is awful. Willie Garson. It's Willie Garson. Yeah. So they were going to get couples facelifts together, and uh, because they're broken up, Anthony says, "Can you come with me, Carrie, and be my support?" So they go in, and he looks at. Anthony and he goes, you don't need anything done. You're perfect. Your face is gorgeous and whatever. And I looked it up. He's 62. I think I already knew that, but my God. And I, I think he has had some work yeah, done in I real think life. You'd, yeah. But also, like, that's good work. Like, the work that he's had, he's had done is good. Yeah. Would you agree with me on that? I would. I would. He does. Yeah, you can he tell look he's like had a lizard. work. No, no, correct. Exactly. He does look good. And yeah. he's clearly looked after himself. Totally, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, but then turning to Carrie, he's like, uh, well, there's two ways people age, which is um, which is Hollowers and Saggers. And I think I'm both. But uh, basically <laughs> he offered to give her a half lift, which is where basically uh, when you see, it takes 15 years off her face. Um, when they show like a representation of that. And it just was like a younger version of Sarah Jessica Parker and she's like, oh, I remember that face or whatever. So she's got this kind of dilemma of do I do this thing? Mm. Do I erase the last 15 years? Yeah, and, and what you've kind of skipped over there a little mm. is A, the line where he says that in, like Anthony looks great, right, but Instagram yes. and, and yeah, right. I did miss that, part, yeah. the part, what does he say? He says Instagram and something else. And, and, and with women. It's, and it's, women, it's yeah. Women like No, he said something like Instagram and something, age. Instagram and age aren't as kind to women oh, okay, yeah, as yeah. as they are to men, basically, yeah. which is super true. Yeah. And then and then I can't believe Sarah Jessica Parker did it because I think, you know, she's a person who exists in the world. They took this massive close-up of her real face yeah. and blew it right up and then basically went into detail about all the areas that she could have work done to improve it and freshen her up and erase the last 15 years. Yeah. And the light she sits in, and again, with the light, the metaphor there is so blindingly bright. It just really makes her look at this person. And I think what's interesting about that is that the amount of 
bullshit that women have to cop as they age, mm. that men just don't have to in the same way. And I know it's changing, but really it's nowhere near. And no. and the kind of scrutiny that those three women, Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis, are under, and obviously in that picnic scene, Kristen Davis's character, Charlotte, is saying, well, what's wrong with There's having a way. refresh? Which I think is a subtle way of being like, she, the character in real life have yeah. had, has had some Yeah, and I guess that's now. a thing you sort of can't win if you do and you can't yeah, win if you right. don't. You know, either way, women are judged harshly for freshening up, for not. And I think it's all, so, it's all such a minefield. And so I think it's really brave of Sarah Jessica Parker to let this episode happen. Mm. And also, also important. she does look good, like, regardless. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. if you're Sarah Jessica Parker, you look amazing for your age. Yeah. And maybe she has done, had, had a small amount of work done. Yeah. But she genuinely, she's got the, she has got the aged face of someone of her age, right? Yeah. Like the wrinkles and all and the things. I'm not surprised at, I mean, because they couldn't actually work it into the show because they'd have to actually physically give her work <laughs> or, make, yeah. or digitally de-age her. That I like that she was like, no, I'm going to keep these 15 years, last 15 years, they mean something to me and I'm not going to erase that. You know what I mean? This is this is who I am. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, well, I think that was a huge part of the writers going back and forth about it and I really liked that too, that idea it ties in with um, Seema who's this wonderful mm. Indian woman who's sort of single and badass and really confident and brave and then Kerry kind of invites herself to her family's Diwali festival yeah. and so we see Seema's family and for the first time you notice that actually she's made up a boyfriend because it's just easier it's just for her easier family. And Kerry that. handles that so beautifully. And what I thought was really interesting about that too was as they're leaving, Seema does tie this bracelet around her and says this is to represent your strengths. Yeah. And then in that scene at the end of the episode, and I'm kind of skipping here because I do want to go back to something about Diwali Festival. Sure. But the end of the episode when Kerry's there after she's had the facelift conversation of the last 15 years, she has that red bracelet on. She then goes into the mirror in the blinding light again. You see her face unadorned with any makeup yeah. and she puts on her Kerry necklace, which is that iconic necklace that it's we back. all know. And it's kind of like her putting herself back together, right, yeah. and saying, yeah, I don't want to erase the last 15 years. I want to integrate them into my, into my life and then I can't hide from big because there is that scene with her and Charlotte in the storage room mm. where she's going through her things to try and make her apartment, her new apartment, feel like home. Yeah. And she opens up the records and it's all of Big's records and she just processes the grief right there in that moment. And I know if anyone out there has lost someone, that happens, grief comes in those kind of waves and you see her physically writing that out. Mm. But then in that last scene she actually comes out of that bathroom having put the necklace on puts on a record of Biggs, I can see clearly now, mm. finds, you know, his tuxedo and then the last scene she's wearing this incredible red dress with roses, right, which kind of harks back to a beautiful grey dress that she wore when she went on the ta- out on the town with Big and I think it might have been season four or season five. Okay. And it's, it's when they're kind of in this fun stage where they're not really together but they're just kind of friends. Just about. You know, and he tries to come up to her apartment and she's like, there'll be no mm-mm with her eyebrows. Uh-huh. Anyway, she's wearing that kind of dress, so it's a very big date dress. Yeah. But she and she's got her pearls on, um, which are also iconic. Carry with her necklace, but the red represents the strength 
from the Diwali festival and that bracelet and she's wearing Big's tuxedo and then she walks out into this blinding light mm. and it really, it's corny, but it feels like <laughs> sex in the city of old yeah. and it's just. Do you think next week that means moment. we're going to get like carry out in the town, fucking tearing it up, mate? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think um, there's a writer, Samantha Irby, who is just constantly fighting for more sex in general in the show. I agree. Up to now we have, we've had a cut, like last week's explosive Sort of yeah. fingering scene. <laughs> Such a gross phrasing as it well. Is, isn't it is, isn't it? It's just so gross. Um, and there was actually that great scene with Nia Wallace's character. Well, I wanted to mention, yeah, um, getting it's interesting that she's getting her own separate storylines with this. Mm. And what I think is going on here is they are opening this up to more characters, more main central characters over the next few years. Mm. I think they're they're expanding the, the core cast out a little bit. Just bit by bit, and mm. they they're trying to they're putting out there, see what lands, see what people like, and then um we'll go from there. And they might just drop it. They might be like, oh, actually, this isn't working for whatever reason. But but yeah, it's interesting because there's no other characters around her, and yet we got a storyline, albeit small, like dedicated to her. Yeah, uh, and, and her, her IVF mm. struggles. Yeah, it's it is really interesting. I think that was a deliberate choice by the writers as well to. Flesh out the world so that it doesn't feel like they're shoehorning these characters in. Because I think for Seema's character as well, as well, we started to see her separate from them too and mm. build, they're building out her world as well. Yeah. But then um, Nia Wallace, when she's sitting next to Miranda on that bench at the beginning and they're having a chat about the fact she has to go and see this friend, she's sort of thinking about whether or not she wants to try for a third round of IVF. She has this friend, Fertile Myrtle, who's just constantly having babies. And so she's talking out loud about all of that. And that's because one of the writers herself has struggled a lot with infertility. And so having to deal with friends who are just popping up having babies and reacting to that uh, was really interesting. Yeah, and that scene in the restaurant, they did a really good job, right, of introducing and having this mini conversation where they had to kind of establish what the characters were all like really quickly in yeah. not a lot of time. Yeah. And I thought it was really well, yeah, I thought they well it. done. I also, and then afterwards, after they've had that whole conversation, there's one line that was really important to the writers to which include, was mm. which was that a couple like you should have babies. Yeah. Mm. And that kind of harks back, I think. Is to, that like, a, look how professional and cool and... And look how well put together you are and you deserve this kind of thing. Um, how, how was it? No, how did they frame no. It, 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 um, it was, was it like this will in... make you happy? No, no. And it isn't it interesting because this doesn't speak to our same experience, right? As a black couple and oh, a black okay, successful right. yeah, yeah, yeah. couple, sure, yeah. you, I, I've, you know, in listening to the writers of the show talk, it, it seems like that's a kind of issue that comes up a lot. Like if you've found black love yeah. and you've found, you know, that kind of really strong bond between the two of you and you're both highly successful people, yeah. you almost owe it It's like or your something. responsibility. Yeah, it's to, a responsibility to, to the bring, black community yeah, to, to bring yeah. more children into the world in a stable, well, loving that, yeah, environment. I, that didn't cross my mind at all. And I, as we talked about last week, I literally never miss anything. <laughs> but um, I'm sick, actually. That's why I probably didn't become But no, that's really interesting. And like, the pre- like that's a whole other level so of pressure, pressure that I didn't even consider. Yeah. Right, exactly, which mm. I think is why I'm loving this I'm show. I'm glad you listen to these uh, Yeah, (laughs) right. And also I'm just really loving it for that reason as well because I think we're getting perspectives from women of a certain age, right, over 50 in their 60s and what that's like, 
parents of teenagers and women's experience in the world in all different ways mm. um, in terms of marriage and and singledom and being and sexuality but also race as well. And yeah. I think that that's wonderful to be building more empathy and storylines that we don't necessarily see. And I think they've done a really good job. I mean, sometimes it's corny, sometimes it's clunky, but the fact that they're putting this kind of stuff in there is really great. And then what I also loved is when you do see the one sex scene, right, in the show between um, Nia Wallace and her husband, you really believe that they're a great couple that are in love. It's a good sex scene. Yeah, and and you know, and that line, if you – if I you didn't put a baby in me, I don't want to do it the other way, right? Yeah. And then that opens up this conversation about how she doesn't want to try for a third time to do IVF and she's not even sure if she wants kids, which I also think is a real conversation and a real Absolutely thought process it is, yeah. for people and great to be thinking it through, you know? My goodness. What an episode. A lot were going on here. Lots. Also, she dragged that sari dress down the stairs and I was like, oh, that's disgusting. What are you doing? Not the dress, when she leaves her apartment and she's just like dragging it down the stairs oh, really? in New York. I'm like, I, I hate that. I thought that was cool. If, oh. I was, if I had my jeans, my, my big, my big bell bottom jeans that I always wear, Claire, as you know, just the bottom, just dragging along the ground, <laughs> I would go to jail. Good God. Anyway, so Jean Jail. Jean Jail. As they say. Um, hey, just as a side note, the amazing Sari dress shop. In the, at the oh, yeah. Yeah. Is a real place. Is it? Michael Fetching King was like walking around the streets of Soho getting in the vibe of Sex and the Sito. Just getting in the vibe, And mate. he um, he stumbled on the shop. I'm getting the vibe, he yelled. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, if if someone comes in and the, it was funny, the writing team were just like, yeah, they were thrilled that we were, they loved to have us there and we're happy. And I was like, of course they were thrilled. Yeah, what are you talking about? If you want about? to have your dress shop anywhere, you want to have it in the new Sex like and the, the City series, the biggest fashion iconic show yeah. in the world. That, those The people that own that are now set up for life. But it was also an incredible shop. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I thought important that Seema then invites Kerry to wear that yes, and so that, that, it wasn't that was it was good that they touched on that. Like it was a little clunky, clunky to be like, "Well, does this cultural appropriation?" It's like, "Well, actually, because it's you know, it's, you know, yeah, it, I, it's fine. That's a good conversation to have because yeah, I think I it think is. So there too. is like a you know, people are reluctant because you don't want to offend somebody. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, uh, correct. Or like play off somebody's you know culture as like something flippant. You know what I mean? Yeah, or, exactly. Or just or as like a fashion, yeah, statement or whatever. Correct. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I understand why you have to have that conversation. But also, I understand that you have to have the conversation every week about Samantha speculation. We got the one hit. You mentioned <laughs> it, where Carrie says we already lost Samantha. Now, Claire, every week you say there's Correct. a fraction, a sliver of a chance that Samantha will mm-hmm. reappear in the series. Mm-hmm. Do you do you still stand by that? I stand by it a thousand percent. I'm never changing my mind. That she's she will not... repair. No, of As course a, not. A fraction she's that not... she will. There's a no. small chance. You know what? Every week that goes by, there is less and less of a chance. All right. I think I I I am drawing a line in the sand. She's not. There it, is no chance. It was no a big chance. week for Samantha speculation last week. Yeah. Little light on the ground this week. I will Correct. admit that. Correct. But uh, I'm I I just think we'll see. I still agree with you. <laughs> but one of us has to have optimism. All right. You know what I did th- find really interesting? That last so see, episode five, Carrie's texting Samantha and it's like it's one of her breakups. Yeah. You know, it's sort of she's doing the thing where should she text, should she not? And I don't know. And I think that that's very interesting about female friendship, I guess, and mm. that dynamic is very much like a breakup. 
Um, and I sometimes think we don't talk about that enough really that women can have, and I guess friends like, but I feel like it happens more with women and maybe no, I, think I don't it happens know why. With guys as well. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I just feel like that's an experience. Maybe it's just getting older and you have these people that are sort of, you know, pillars in your life that yeah. can disappear. Totally. And the, the, the relationship can completely break down for whatever reason and how sad that is yeah. when they have your history and, you know, all of those sorts of things. So I'm really enjoying, though, overall the new characters too in this and the way they're exploring it. I think it's fun. I do have to say what is with Kerry and all the hats? This Like this what, TV series. What, is she going series. to the bloody, the bloody Melbourne Cup, <laughs> the bloody race day? I mean, no, but I just think Kerry's always, like I know she's worn a lot of hats. Like I know she's a hat person. I think they, I think you're right, though. Now I'm thinking about it, there's too many dumb there's hats so in the show. so many hats. Can like, we just pull back on the hats a little? And there's always a hat thing on her hair. And, like, look, and they're also really great hats. Don't get me wrong. But she's wearing a lot of floppy hats. Like I, would say, hats and... I would say the hat good to bad ratio is 80-20, as in 80 bad, 20 good. <laughs> and I feel like maybe that's, like, on purpose, but I still am kind of like, does she need another hat? Is that why? You know I'm not a fan of a big hat. You know that. (laughs) You know about how once I uh, went on a date with somebody that they wore a dumb hat. Which is probably why we're sitting here and you're not sitting with a hat girl. Didn't like that hat. No. (laughs) I mean, that wasn't the only reason. But, But, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I I feel like there's a time and a place for a hat. Yeah. Yeah. And just permanently wearing one all the time. I don't know if I'm on board. Hats what are you hiding under there? Yeah. What's going on? What's going on under the hat, Carrie? Do you have a squirrel under there, Carrie? <laughs> I also wrote here, uh, I, I just wrote, it was just a mis- miscellaneous note. I can't even remember writing it. Um, I yeah. just wrote, I like her face. You know, when they were talking about her <laughs> face or whatever, I just wrote down, hey, I like her face. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's like uh, I, I would feel. I, I don't think there's anybody's face that I look at though and I go, I would fix that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't look at people like Except that. Except for your own. Except for my own. <laughs> no. Uh, but do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's yeah. just not a thing that I uh, look at. think of other people, I guess. No, I know. And to me, I think, and maybe this is naive and in 10 years I will think completely differently, but I do think that as we age you see people's lives on their faces, yeah. right? And like Harry doesn't want to erase the last 15 years, there is something about that ageing process that allows people to come into their own. I've heard commentary about the invisibility that can come with older age for women. Yeah. And there that even though there are obviously some real downsides to that, there's also freedom in that because you're no longer part of the male gaze in the same way and so you can exist in a world differently yeah. without having to necessarily be viewed as a sex symbol or as like as I am on a daily basis. Totally. But you know what I mean? And I and there's a freedom in that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. It does constantly make me feel like everyone is on the brink of death, this show. <laughs> sure. And that's the world we live in, isn't it? Do you know what I mean though? Like it does seem like there's a lot of depressing stuff. No, but good, also man. great Steaks. stuff. Stakes are good. Yeah, that's true. Anyone can die. Any point, and any which is time. why I think you know, and I guess it's now is a, a better, as good a time as any to point out that look, maybe we're all approaching the last days on Earth, which is why you should rate and review this show, which is just <laughs> what 
South Dakota fan has done. And you can just do this in-app. It's so easy. Spotify also gives you the option now also. It says, yes. best Sex in the City pod I've ever listened to. Great pod with two lovely hosts. Turn it up loud so old man Steve can hear it. Oh, don't let Steve hear though, I reckon, because then he'll know that he's being cheated on. You know <laughs> what I mean? Correct. It is interesting that they've, it's almost like they've deliberately completely not mentioned him. Like Charlotte doesn't even mention Steve. She doesn't say, what about Steve? What about Steve? What about the boy Steve? Steve. I'm Steve Brady. I'm I'm Steve Brady. I need some ice cream. My wife's being finger banged in the kitchen of Carrie's apartment. Oh, Oh. Miranda, I put a toothpick through my eardrum. I'm Steve. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyways, do you, uh, so yeah, reviews definitely help this show. But what do you have yeah, in they terms do. of And letters? also we would love to hear your opinions. And lots of people have been sending them in to suggestiblepod at gmail.com. This one is from Jason Mack. What a cool name. Cool. All right. I'm assuming somebody already said this, but I believe the podcast title X, Y, and Me is a reference to chromosomes and saying there is a male, a female, and then Shay, who is non-binary. Oh, okay. Yes. I think you are right. I totally missed that. And it's also because we say X, Y, and Z here. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that makes that way, yeah. yeah, which is why we didn't pick it up. We're yeah. stupid because we're stupid people and maybe over here. maybe you also have COVID. Anyway, um, the real title should be, Can't You See How Woke We Are? Whoa. <laughs> but <Ew>. oh well. <laughs> As someone who's just starting the original series while also watching the new show, my knowledge of the feuds both on screen and off is limited. But I'm all aboard the Samantha showing up bandwagon. Hells yes. I don't think there will be a full scene, but you will see her on camera to tease for season two. I can't wait to hear how James reacts, gloats, if that happens. Oh, my God. Nah, you are not, not going to believe dream, it. Pipe dream, Jason Mack. Yeah, Pipe we'll say, dream, mate. We'll say. Nah, slowly not happening. No way. No way, no how. <laughs> no way, no how. Um, I have one more email, actually, that I think is kind of interesting. Okay, too. let's do it. Um. Oh, gosh, I've lost it. Oh. I've lost the email. Oh, I've lost no. It now. All right. Clara James is from Alex Powell. What I up, found suggestible via the Weekly Planet and I'm enjoying your podcast. I watch with my wife regularly yes. and have to rewatch Sex and the City as it's one of my wife's favorite shows. I'm enjoying the show even though I didn't like what they ended up doing with Stanford. Yeah, I know it was tricky, but then I think they had to do yeah, it. Yeah, what do you quickly, do? Right? Yeah. What do you do? I, I totally, yeah, it's not, it was not a very satisfying exit. No. Yeah, would uh, listen to you guys reliving Sex and the City episode by episode, but maybe that's too much to ask. Well, if we're stuck in. You know what, we might. I mean, I'm yeah. not, I'm totally not against it, but uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I kind of, um, I like doing this. I like the fun of it. I don't know whether I'd be like, and then we're, what are we doing, season three, episode seven? Like, I don't know whether I'd no. have. The enthusiasm for it. Again, Correct. I'm not against and, it. And but... also, it's already been done so well oh my God, by it's my done favorite podcast, Sentimental so in the well. City, by, by Carolyn so many O'Donoghue. As well. yeah. Exactly. And I'm delighted. I don't know what else we would bring to it. However, who knows? If this bloody you know pandemic what? keeps on going, yeah, we're going to exactly. do something. Like, I have a ridiculous YouTube channel and podcast, and there are so many things like that cover the things that I talk about, you know, that we talk about there. Correct. So, you know, know. Who knows? And lastly, what other shows would you love to return to? For me, it would be How I Met Your Mother, more years actually with the mother, Now I Met Your Mother, and maybe Friends. Anyway. Okay. What would you do? To revisit, mm, like as what? a recap or just to No, re- to like return like Sex and the City is. Like, oh. just like that. I feel like friends can't because they all look so strange. <laughs> no, I think you could. But I, I don't know w- if it would, would work. 
Oh, that's You'd really You'd really need, like, I think it was such a gamble to do this with them just like that. But I think one of the reasons it's so solid is because they took on board all the feedback from season two, from the movie, second movie. Yeah. And Michael Patrick King is strong as. Yeah. And they built an amazing running team and have really gone deep. You know what I'd love? So. But they'd never do it. And if they did do it, they'd definitely get it wrong. I would love a MASH reunion. <gasps> with, like, yes. as they're, like, they're all vets. And yeah. maybe not even like you wouldn't even do a series because what they're not going to go back to Korea. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe they would. I don't know. And revisit the old camp or whatever, but or where it used to be. But um, there's so a lot of those people are still alive. Not all of them. Um, that would be interesting. Hot lips. She's alive. I think David right. Ongden Steers has passed away. The guy who played Frank Burns has passed away. Uh, Colonel Potter has passed away. Radar is he? He's around? alive. Oh. He had a spin-off show actually. He had a, he was a, he was briefly it was a private detective show. It bombed oh. it. But there was a show. There was a Mash spin-off. It was called After Mash. Oh. It was set After Mash. Anyway, I don't think they should do it. And nobody would watch it. <laughs> but then, then again, Mash was like the biggest show in the world. I love it. It had the biggest finale, no, the biggest, the most watched thing ever when the finale aired for that. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because when you watch, like I loved that. It used to be on at five o'clock after school and I yeah. would watch it And that was also week. repeats like 20, 30 years after. Oh, finished, yeah, yeah. My God. I would watch it every day after school, um, which is such a weird thing for like an eight-year-old kid to be watching a show about doctors in the war in Korea. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was so beautifully done and the music, like that finale is an incredible piece It's amazing. Of it's really, Just really the good. the way that they do that and Hawkeye, you know that, that, that flashback thing that happens with him? Yeah, the with bus. The, the bus. Yeah, yeah. It's just I feel like I still don't want to spoil that because I mean there's yeah. often like it's a double-edged sword like things coming back. Like Futurama came back and it, there's some good stuff in there but then like – there's other things which have returned, which is like X-Files came back and it's like, yeah, okay, let's, you know. And it was, I didn't even finish it, but I'm like, okay, X-Files back, whatever. But like um, there's been things that have returned and just are not interesting or good. Then again, mm. I'm watching Dexter at the moment. Dexter's back and Dexter's pretty solid. You know, they're bringing back that 70s show and it's set like 20 years on. Oh, yeah. So, and they're also bringing uh, How I Met Your Father with Hilary Duff. Did you know that? No, I did. That's oh, happening soon as well. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, though, to think about. I don't uh, know. What about Seinfeld? Well, Seinfeld, it's kind of already exists within, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, not really, but I think everything you need from a Seinfeld, they did do a Seinfeld reunion within Curb as well, like, in that world. But everything you kind of need or would want to get out of Seinfeld, you can get in Curb, I think. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it, it's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I would love, which is going to sound so silly, Charmed. <laughs> Charmed did come back. <laughs> did it? There was, I don't think it was. I think it might have been a reboot, but Charmed came back like a few years ago, yeah. Oh, no, see, I would want it to be back but with the same cast. Well, I don't think they talk, all those people. Oh, they're all the like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not, yeah, they're all like. Uh, so, yeah, Charmed came back in oh, 20. So it's like Samantha speculation, but. Yeah, it's Charmed came back worse. in 2018 and it's still going. But it's but it's reboot. a reboot. Yeah, I that's believe, different. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about original cast. Yeah, in a and also thing. they also lost one of the original Charmed, Shannon something. Oh, yes, Shannon Doherty. I want to say. Yeah, I think that's she left right. and then they replaced her and whatever. I that's know. right. And I think that's about the time when I like went off the boil with it. I feel. Sure. Anyway, interesting. All right. Thank you so much, Alex Powell, for writing in. And if you too would like to write an email, suggest at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, for Raw Collings for editing this week's How episode. How does he do it? I reckon he uses a computer. 
He must. Like a man in a, a tiny man in a tiny computer. How tiny is he, do you reckon? About the size of a, I don't know, maybe a little mouse. I reckon he's taller than me. <laughs> yeah, I well, think. he'd still be pretty shiny. What the heck? <laughs> All right, thanks, still everybody. Okay, till we'll next week. Th- we'll be back Thursday. We'll do it properly next week. Later. Yeah, we will. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 